The Courage to Lead, Episode 69. You're listening to the IB4E Coaching Podcast. Brought to you by IB4E Coaching, business coaching for executives, entrepreneurs, and small business professionals. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com. Hey, Coach Harlan here. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you guys are having a great week. I'm having a great week, and I'm excited to introduce you to my guest. Uh, please help me welcome Travis Bell. Trav Bell is the bucket list guy, the world's number one bucket list expert. As a self-appointed bucket listologist, Trav helps people live their bucket list before it's too late. His unique life engagement message really wakes you up, stops groundhog days, and helps you to experience more fulfillment. He says a bucket list is a tangible life plan where our business plan, our career plan should fit into our life plan and not the other way around. No one practices what they preach more than Trav. His crazy glow trotting adventures are contagious, hilarious, and always fresh. He's the author of the best-selling book, The My Bucket List Blueprint, a TEDx thought leader and a certified speaking professional. Also the founder CEO of Bucket List Coaches, who are now on a mission to help 10 million bucket listers. Before Trav became the bucket list guy, he founded and franchised a chain of personal training studios across Australia. Starting with one client, he and his team went on to do over 2 million personal training sessions and motivated tens of thousands of clients. This is why Trav is now regarded as one of the world's most in-demand motivation speakers. So Travis, welcome to the show. Wow, Harlan. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks for having me on, man. Stoked to be, uh, stoked to be joining you. Stoked to uh, hopefully add some value. And it's um, and you just made up that bio verbatim, me, you know, like the, that was uh, it was like someone wrote it for you. Just <laughs> off the top of my head, just off the top of my yeah, head. Yeah, off the top of your head. Um, there we go. No, I've been Love excited it. about talking to you. Like I said, I saw your uh, your TEDx video. I will put a link to that in the show notes. I think people cool. need to see that. Uh, great, great time. Very entertaining, but the message is what really got to me. So yeah, looking forward to exploring all that. I want to talk about how you got started. Talk about your. Uh, um, exercise studios and how that led or, or what led to you becoming yeah. a bucket list guy. Um, but before we get started, I've got some questions for you. These are questions that I ask all my guests. Uh, these are questions made famous on the television show Inside the Actor's Studio, where James Lipton asked these questions of his Hollywood guests. And I figure if they're good enough for the Hollywood elite, they're certainly good enough for my Good guests. enough for this. Absolutely. <laughs> for, this, for this Aussie battle. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So Travis, here goes. What is your favorite Uh-oh. word? Mate. Okay. What is your least favorite word? Scarcity. What turns you on? Uh, I just got out of bed. So my, uh, my partner, she uh, really turned me on. <laughs> Uh, the honesty and good good surf there you go um what turns you off bad surf and uh (laughs) and arguments (laughs) um now what turns me off um look right now you have people buying into this whole you know the, the world is ending the world is ending you know pessimists yeah absolutely um what sound or noise do you love Ocean. Okay. What sound or noise do you hate? Um, I'm just, this is this is really interesting. Um, 
I was going to say an, an air raid siren, but I've never experienced one. So um, I'd hate to. Uh, oh, what, what do I? What noise do I hate? I'm going to just going to go with you. You know, fingers down on blackboard. People squeal. You know, squealing, screeching. Okay, that works. Um, what is your favorite curse word? Uh, I might say it here. <laughs> but I, but we Aussies use it a lot, <laughs> and it rhymes with hunt. Okay. <laughs> All right. What profession, other than your own, would you like to attempt? I, can't these. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I got a word to say then too. <laughs> what do you think of these? <laughs> yeah. What do you think of these questions? Well, I, Harlan, you're a. <laughs> For even asking me that at this hour. Yeah, yes. that's it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Um, adult filmmaking. No, um, the uh, uh, professional surfer. Okay. And what yeah. profession would you not like to do? Or, or acting. Or acting. Sorry. Um, not. Um, oh God. Anything that that I do what I do because I've got freedom. And um, anything that sticks me to a nine to five kind of uh, regime of where I've got a clock in, clock off, that scares the hell out of me, man. Yeah, I hear you. All right. And the final question, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? <laughs> you know what? I did mess up a fair bit. <laughs> and, and, and I know that if he has a CV, that it's a pretty bad CV because his, his history has been really <laughs> crappy, uh, especially with what, you know, things that are happening right now. So, yeah, uh, yeah I don't know. Look, that's a whole other podcast, that one. Yeah. <laughs> no worries. No, that's good. All right, Travis, oh, we'll be back in just a minute. I'm going to talk to you. I want to talk to you about uh, how you got started, uh, what drove you to uh, starting the bucket list and becoming a bucketologist or bucket listologist, right? That is not a real science. Don't look that up. It's not. You, okay. can't, go and, you can't go and study that. No. But I noticed there were no certificates you're looking on the wall. At, but the way you're looking at me right now, I reckon I need to... Maybe I need to talk to Harvard or, or I need to talk. Maybe maybe we could get it on the agenda. There you go. Bucket listology. That would work. Anyway. I think it would be worth it. Absolutely. All right, Travis, we'll be back right after this. So folks, stick with us. Imagine having a trusted group of CEOs at your disposal. Imagine having your very own peer advisory team who could work you through the problems and questions in your business before you had to make those difficult decisions. Imagine you had a group of advisors that had your back and met for the sole purpose of making you successful in your business. What would you be able to accomplish then? Well, you don't have to imagine anymore. You can have that and more when you join my Business Success Mastermind Group. Join my Business Success Mastermind Group today. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com forward slash mastermind. All right, and we are back with my guest, Travis Bell. Trav, thanks you for, uh, for agreeing to be on the podcast. What time is it there in Australia? Oh, you have to remind me. It's, uh, well, we, we sort of started, started talking about 7 a.m. this morning. Um, on a Thursday morning, I am from the future, and it's Wednesday where you are, and um, it's seven fourteen a.m. There you go. So in the future, lottery yeah. numbers. 
and I'm a cookie addict, so let's let's hurry this thing up, mate. <laughs> no worries. You said you had one cup of coffee, so that should get you get you going a little. No, bit. I actually start. I actually I actually start my day. I don't even know why I did air quotes. Yeah. Um, I, I start <laughs> I start my day at four thirty in the morning, so I've been up for a few hours already. I get up. Um, one of the things on my bucket list that you'd be um, interested to know that I'm because we're currently, you know, we're in our fifth lockdown here in Australia, you know, yeah. in Victoria. It's, you know, because of Corona and all that rest. We're just used to it. Um, the one of the things on my bucket list um, is reading 52 books in a year. Okay. So I'm on a mission. And this is literally what I've read so far. There's a few more. Um, this is not a Zoom prop. You know, this is not a, it's it's not a backdrop. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's actual real books in here. I haven't read any. No, I'm, I'm, but, the, but no, I'm reading 52 books in a year. So what I do is I wake up at 4.30 every morning and I read out loud. Um, my retention in the morning is of the information is so much better. And if I read out loud, my retention is even better as well. My partner Tracy, she uh, she's an artist, so she she sketches in the morning while I read, and we knock over a couple of chapters. I learn, she learns, retention is better, and then I go. Normally, I go writing at five thirty in the morning uh, for an hour with uh, you know, hour and a half. Didn't this morning? Woke up, and uh, now it's the Harlan show instead of <laughs> instead of writing this morning. Now we can't write at the moment because of lockdowns and all yeah. that. So normally, uh, no, no, this is this is a uh, you know, three hours after, really three hours after I got up. So not, not a big deal. Good stuff. So tell me how, take me back to the beginning. Where did, where yeah. did you, I mean, not all the way back to the beginning, but you know, where did you get started? Um, what, well, I, what got I'm, you into health and yeah, fitness? Yeah, look, I, I, I guess long story, trying to be real short, is uh, I, I grew up as what you say in America called a jock. <laughs> um, and I was a, you know, Obviously, people know I'm a surfer by now. Um, surfer, swimmer, surf lifesaving, being a lifeguard. And I did that, competed, and uh, got into university because I was always a, a jock, I guess. Um, got into university, did a, a physical education degree. Third year uni, early 90s, um, a mentor, you know, who became my mentor was doing this thing called personal fitness training. Now, I had no idea what the hell I was going to do. I was going to graduate with a human movement degree as an exercise physiologist, but I had no idea what the hell that was in the real world. Um, then Tony, uh, Tony came, came through and, and did this strength and conditioning elective and he was doing this thing called personal fitness training back in the day. And up until then, the fitness industry was all about just gyms and this sort of thing. So I worked in a gym part-time initially and then got my first personal training client. And by the end of university, I was making more money in personal training than I knew any other lecturer, anyone else in the fitness industry that I knew of. And uh, it was not everyone in the industry, but but people that I knew anyway. And um, yeah, by third year uni, the the seed was sown. I started my first business um, when I was 21 and I, uh, I I did personal training, just looked after people. I think my record was 63 one-hour mobile personal training sessions in one week. I did that consistently um, year on year. Got up to 13 personal trainers working for me in my first studio, um, nearly went broke. A um, whole heap of trainers left me, mm. uh, got a business coach. Uh, he said to me, what do you want to do, Trav? 
And I said, I want to be the first to franchise personal training studios in Australia. A year later, we did it. Um, ended up with a chain of personal training studios uh, around Australia. Tens of thousands of clients, over two million personal training sessions. Nice. Um, you know, and that was my whole identity for pretty much 20 years. Um, so I always loved helping people, Harlan, you know, like, and it was, I was always fascinated with the psychology. Uh, one thing, one thing that, um, that happened though, this is the, you know, the, the, uh, what do you call the, the storm before the rainbow or the breakdown before breakthrough. Right. And I'm sure everyone on your podcast has got one of them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is the, confusion before clarity but you know some toxic people came into my life some stuff happened to me personally and i found myself in a bit of a downward spiral i fell out of love for the personal training that i was doing i love the end product but the business model just wasn't suited suited to me at that point in time and um i slipped into a state of mild depression and i say mild compared to what i've heard since and but instead of going on heavy antidepressants, which is kind of like a Band-Aid effect, I decided to really try and work out my own psychology. And I wasn't on, I wasn't suicidal or anything like that, but I was in a pretty sad, sad spot. And, um, and I, I thought to myself, well, it's either this way, put a Band-Aid over it or get to the root cause. And so I just forced myself. And when you're in a, in a depressed state, the last thing you want to do is go out in public and try and heal yourself. So I really had to force myself to do that. I went to courses, got started really reading, learning about psychology, going to a hope of events, walking on fire, doing ayahuasca, going to Burning Man, you know, the whole bit, oh, yeah. mate. And it was, you know, hugging it out and high-fiving with strangers on weekends and sharing stories. So I, I did really work through some stuff, uh, my own psychology. And um, about a year and a half, and I'd learned you know, positive psychology, NLP, life coaching, law of attraction, you know, um, Akagi principle, all this sort of stuff. And about a year and a half, two years into it, a friend of mine said, you know, um, Trav, why, why don't you teach this stuff? And it helped me. It was like this big aha moment. Helped me justify all the money I'd invested up until then too and all the time. <laughs> So it was just a light bulb moment. And I thought, well, you know, I've seen all these speakers and if I could, you know, I just thought to myself, if I could do that, you know, stand on stage, um, that's the big domino that I felt like I had to push over in my life. You know, instead of coaching one-on-one in personal training, this is my opportunity to coach one-to-many and expand beyond, you know, just personal, you know, health coaching or personal training. Um, so I put on a talk, nearly had to pay the 40 people to come to that talk. And I packaged in all the stuff that I've learned from experience through the books, you know, the, the events and stuff. That I, and um, put on a talk and about halfway through, I started sharing with everyone in that audience the fact that I had a list to do before I died. It literally written down since I was 18. Not a lot of people knew this about me. I started sharing some stuff. And the reason it was honestly my my compass, my what I collaborate, what I recalibrated on, um, what helped me stay true to to not going off the cliff, so to speak. Sure. I always, you know, reflected on this and it, it travelled around with me. It was literally written down. I've still got it. And it really inspired the group. And then the group, you know, one of the ladies at the end of the night said, oh, Trav, how's all this list to do? This is 10 years ago. How's all this list to do before you die stuff? It's like a bucket list. You're like the bucket list guy. And I went, ping, light bulb moment. Nice. <clears throat> I went home and registered thebucketlistguy.com. Um, 
not really knowing how I was going to monetize it. I knew speaking was going to be a part of it, but I literally just went, you know what, this is my new pathway. Tim Ferriss came out with his four-hour freaking work week too around that time, and I thought, I've got all these bricks and mortar kind of, you know, commercial leases with gyms around Australia, and here's Tim running shit from a hammock. (laughs) <laughs> you know, in Thailand, I'm like, I could, yeah, that's freedom. <laughs> this is not. Yep. So I sold out of those businesses, got them to rebrand. I was over it. And and then I went, all right, bucket this guy. Let's see how this goes. And I literally just just made it up as I went. Um, I was on the, and this is this is really when social media was starting to starting to go. And and I registered the bucket this guy because I knew that travbell.com I probably wouldn't be on your podcast if I was just travbell.com, you know, the bucket list guy for social media, you know, had a little more uh, attraction to it. So um, I, uh, I was, (laughs) you love this, mate. I I was on the, I was on the internet on the Google machine and I, uh, I was like, who, you know, looking at, oh, who's like the Mac Daddy? Who's like the king of bucket lists in the world? Oh, look, no one. So I literally called myself the world's number one bucket list expert and I've been doing that ever since. There you go. <laughs> Who's going to argue, right? No, well, no one can because no one else was <laughs> saying it. But no, but I've been, you know, it's a reflection of my values and a reflection of who I really am. And um, I just love it. It's the lens that I look at life through and it's helped so many people, you know, build up this kind of social proof over the years, this library of social proof over the years has been, you know, it's helped so many people from the TED talk to the book to the speeches to the different things that I've been involved in. And um, it's just helped so many people. So it's grown in confidence and continues to to this day. Ten years later, you know, I'm still doing it the same as I was. So I haven't, the hardest thing about entrepreneurs is staying on the path, but I've been on the path for 10 years. Nice. So you've had that bucket list, you said, your list since you were 18? What all was on that list? What kind of things did well, you Well, it was, it was actually before I even knew that a, a bucket list was a thing. Um, and so the, the top two on that list to do before I die that I wrote down was um, to go to Mount Everest Base Camp and to do an Ironman triathlon, which I've done both. I did Mount Everest Base Camp through Tibet with my dad. I, um, we took, and that was his first overseas trip. There's a whole other story there. Wow. And I did the uh, I did the Ironman, um, and I literally entered. I haven't. That was the first triathlon that I ever entered in my life. I'm a swimmer, and I thought, oh well, I'll make it up as I go. If the why is strong enough, the how will work itself out. So I literally entered the Ironman, having never done a triathlon, didn't even own a own a bike. Hmm. I've done one marathon. I could swim, so that swim bit wasn't a problem. And I just entered and I filmed myself doing it. I made about 60, 70 videos on the journey to me, just buckling myself in training. But I I literally filmed filmed myself entering the Ironman, paying the 900 bucks and then going, okay, I better work this shit out now. (laughs) (laughs) And then I I did and I did quite well and I, I, you know, yeah, but I've only done one and then I just dropped the mic and, and moved on to the next adventure. Awesome. So when did you do the TEDx talk from Melbourne? That was 2016, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it was 2016. And that was, again, it, you know, you're sort of at halfway through. I actually ticked off my bucket list to do a TED talk in front of the TEDx um, audience. So there's 2,000 people in front of me there. 
Wow. It was a bit, it's the biggest one in Australia. I didn't want to do one of these ones in a university or a school or, yeah. you know, I wanted to be the big, big one in Australia, but that, that was on my list for quite some time and nice. I got the opportunity to do it. Um, and uh, yeah, that was, that was a big one. It really did change the trajectory of my speaking career too. Oh, absolutely. No, that was, you know, there, there are some pretty, pretty good TEDx talks out there, but this one, just the way you start off, you engage the audience immediately, the humor you start off and then you just dive into it and you had everybody in the palm of your hand. It was just, it was awesome. Loved it. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, John, John, Yo, um, who will credit, um, you know, like there's a quick story there, but John, Yo, the uh, curator of TEDx Melbourne, um, he, uh, I had, I had, I've got a podcast too, too called bucket list life podcast. And I had John, Yo on it just to basically before I did the Ted talk, um, to basically suck up to him, <laughs> to try and get on the TEDx stage. And this is about a year earlier. And I said, so, you know, I had him as a guest. And I said, so, John, you know, what does one have to do to get on a TEDx stage such as yours? And he's like, blah, blah, blah. He didn't give me anything. I said, well, what would one, what would one have to talk about? You know, what is the idea we're spreading, John, you know, with this TED ethos? And he's like, blah, blah, blah. He gave me nothing. No indication, no nothing. And, <laughs> and I'm just like, dude, help me out. You know, do I have to ask? Do I have to beg? He gave me nothing and I just forgot about it. I, I went, yeah, well, if, if the universe provides, you know, one day. And I just shut up and I went speaking around the world. And then I saw him in a networking event. He said, Trav, let's talk about you being on the next TEDx stage. And I went, oh. And he, uh, and, he, and he said, people have been talking about you that you'd be a great inclusion. So I just went and got busy speaking did some, you know, did some good work, obviously, around the traps. And, and John loves referrals. So um, I said, yeah, let's do it. And he said, but first, I said, what, John? Uh, you got you got to audition. I went, oh, God, here we go. Mm. And I don't want any of your, your hand-speaking keynote performance. I've got nothing then, John. I've got that. He said, it's about the idea we're spreading and it's about the extraction of the idea and how people can map that idea into their own life. So don't try and get, you know, there's no audience interaction. There's hardly any of that. There's no, you know, Q&A. You can't run around with the microphone into the audience. You've got to stay on the red dot. So me, I, you know, I being four cameras on me, staying on a three-by-three red dot was torture. I run around like an idiot normally, and so uh, so John, I did my present, I did my presentation for him, and there was a long silence because I knew he he said no to a lot of people, and I'm waiting there, and he goes, "Is this your? Is this your? What you're going to present?" I said, "Yep." He goes, "Perfect. Don't change a thing." Awesome. Oh, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm on. He goes, yeah, yeah, definitely. I went, oh my god, John, I, you know, <laughs> unreal. And uh, and so I I did it, but I was so nervous. About four minutes in, you start to see me go. Yeah, I really wish I had some water. Yeah. <laughs> but it was it was fun. I I love love the opening. You know, unzip your brain, take your brain out. Love that. That was perfect. Was that yours? You came up with that yourself? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. No, good stuff. Um. And now you're teaching bucket list coaches. Yeah, man. Look, we've got um, our, our, here we go. Look at this. If you're watching the video, the ticket before you kick it tribe. There you go. So we've got a, um, 
But just actually, just after that TED talk, I flew down to South Africa to do a keynote presentation for a company called Action Coach. Action Coach, a big global business coaching franchise set up by an Aussie, now based in Vegas. Um, I don't know, about 1,500, 2,000 coaches worldwide in about 70 countries. And they had their global conference and they invited me to be the keynote speaker. Did a good job. Brad, the founder, said, hey, Trav, this is uh, 2017, I think. He said, Brad, uh, Trav, good job. Have you thought about licensing out what you do? I'm like, no, no, this is my thing. This is what makes me special, you know, scarcity, Uh, which is what I answered before. He said, I reckon you could help more people. You want to help more people, right? Yeah, of course. Um, Well, you know, think about it and maybe we come up with a business plan and and talk about it. Um, He's obviously got a lot of success and, I knew him quite well. And uh, yeah, January 2018, we launched Certified uh, certified Bucket List Coach, which is kind of, you know, life coaching, but not saying life coaching. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, more tangible teaching, basically positive psychology through this lens of lens of bucket list um, to companies, you know, public events and that sort of thing. Yeah. So now we're, now we've got um, in three and a half years, we've got certified bucket list coaches in 22 countries around the world, about to open up in our 23rd being Cambodia. Wow. Translated into a bunch of languages and they go out and run the programs that I've created. Excellent. But now on the website, it says you can teach them in a month to be yep. a bucket list coach. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 Cool. Now we teach them online and, and then uh, they, they literally, you know, a month, two months later, they can start, um, you know, making money from this thing, you know. So it's a really good structured sort of framework. I guess I've taken my franchising knowledge of, of structure and systems and now licensing knowledge and, um, you know, behind behind me is, a you know, uh, I'm a bit of a systems freak and I love that stuff. Uh, the E-Myth yes, was yes. Uh, unfortunately one of the first books I ever read. Um, <laughs> so that systemization has always been part of my entrepreneurial journey. Absolutely. Very cool. So how did you get started though with the bucket list? Was there a, a story or something happened in life that made you kind of focus on helping people you know change their bucket list? Yeah. Apart from being named the bucket list guy and um, it was, uh, I, I guess I've gone from that brand, I've gone deeper with the philosophy, you know, really, really it's about ha- happy, helping people be happier, you know? Um, and I'm, you know, with the rate of, I guess the big ones are the rate of depression, the rate of anxiety, the overprescription of antidepressants, mm-hmm. suicides, youth suicides, mm-hmm. the level of disengagement in the workplace. Yep. Um, and now we've got this thing called the loneliness epidemic, which is a real thing. We know what a pandemic is. We're very clear yes. on, that, on what that is, but this is an epidemic. Yep. This is the adverse effect of social media. Yep. So all these stats are climbing, man. So something's broken, right? Something's broken. We're in a pretty, like... And you throw COVID in on top of that, we're in a, we're in a perfect freaking storm yeah. of, of mental health right now. And it is, um, and we're starting to see the numbers and it's frightening. So I'm doing my bit to help people be happier. And Bucket List has got this fun kind of, I guess, brand you know, angle to it that, that makes it more tangible. And it really has. Don't tell them that this is actually quite deep. <laughs> positive psychology work and positive psych, as you know, is not regressive psychology trying to make people normal because no one who wants to perform better wants to be normal. You know, they give us therapy or drugs to be normal. 
all right? It's good right. for serial killers or stuff, you know, trauma <laughs> and that sort of stuff. But, but for the, you know, for most people who want to just be better, be happier, right. you know, pos psych is, is all about identifying a person's strengths, what gives them meaning, purpose, fulfillment, gratitude, and getting them to do more of that in life. I've just put this branded bucket list over the top of it. It's as but simple I think as it's, that. It's perfect though, because not only are they happier because they're actually doing things, but they're accomplishing things for themselves, not for somebody else. They're setting this yeah. goal for themselves and they're actually doing it. Yeah, I think, you know, like, like the, the, it's, it's really, you know, like when I become the bucket list guy, I research everything about bucket list and, you know, bucket list has got a bit of a negative connotation as well, because the movie is about, sure. you know, two blokes <laughs> who get given a cancer diagnosis and then they write a bucket list, which is stupid. And I've based my whole career on a stupid movie because why do we wait until it's too late? Yeah. You know, people, the, the, the sad reality is that people sacrifice their happiness to enjoy later. And, and honestly, that later never comes for a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. You know, time gets cut short. We live a regretful life rather than regret-free life. And there's so many people that just sleepwalking through their life, just existing and not living, you know, and uh, living by default, not by design. People are dying at 40, Harlan, and yeah. being buried at 80. Yeah. That was, that was one of the lines that got me in the TEDx talk. You know, you, you, yeah, people are dying at 40, but then you said buried at 80. They've just quit. They've quit living. They've quit trying. They've just stopped. You know, and this isn't, you know, people, people often must say, oh, bucket list is about traveling around the world and doing, you know, ticking off. But, you know, as you, you've seen in the TED talk and, and, and the book here, I'm just showing that, you know, there's 12, I created this My Bucket List Blueprint to help people be happier now, you know, because I, I look, I believe in, in, in delayed gratification, but I, I'm also into instant gratification, you know, to help people be happier now. So, and a lot of the, the, the idea that bucket list is all about travel is false. And I've, I've proven that. Yeah. Um, so again, I, and I say a bucket list is a tangible life plan where a career plan or a business plan should fit into our life plan and not be the other way around. So it really brings home this work to live principle, setting up your vehicle, whether it be a job or your business or whatever, to produce two things. That's what it should produce. And that is cash flow and also time flow to allow you to go and live your life, life plan. Absolutely. Right. When optimized, it should do that. Right. Double bonus. If you actually love what you do. Exactly. That helps. Um, and it's hitting your values, which is your internal rule book. I mean, that's the, that's the holy grail, right? You love what you do and it's producing the time and the money. Nice. There's not many people on earth that can actually say that. No. They so, could if they took the time to actually sit down and, and list out. Yeah, or it is mate, like so the whole idea is I want to wake people up before it's too late, before they get given the use by date. Simple as that. Very cool. Good stuff. So what's still left on your list? Your personal list? Jesus. Um, uh, I'll, go, I'll go to do a stand-up comedy routine. Okay. It scares the heck out of me. Um, <laughs> and I'm a public speaker. Uh Book number two, I've done book number one. Thanks to COVID lockdowns, <laughs> I got yeah. the book finished. Um, swim with whale sharks. I'm just thinking the most immediate thing. I'm on the mission to, uh, there's, there's some that are going to take a lifetime, which is, you know, oh, our, my mission is to help 10, you know, through our, our coaching program. Um, that's more of a legacy play for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, sure, money will come and it's a business thing, but I want, you know, 10 million 
10 million bucket listers, the, the mission is 10 million bucket listers to tick it before they kick it. How do we measure that? How do we do it? Well, that's a thousand coaches with tribes of 10,000 each. Wow. Simple as that. That's what I'm, so it's a big one. Big numbers. Um, that's good. So, um, some of the sharks, it's, it's less about me, more about we. I'm a father of four now, or a stepdad to four kids. Cool. Um, so it's, it's really about what I can do with the family and the travel adventures that I can do, you know, that yeah. I can do with him as well. And, um, I'm not very materialistic. I'm quite minimalistic to be honest. And, um, so, you know, helping, helping them and helping others is kind of where it's at. I'll still do stupid stuff. I still want to surf in remote, <laughs> some remote locations around the world. Um, but, uh, you know, I'll skydive license. Um, I'll get that. Uh, I've got two wonders of the world. I've still got to knock off. Um, yeah, there's a heap, there's a heap of there. I've still got to uh, uh, meet Elon Musk, but who doesn't want to um, meet Elon yeah. Musk? <laughs> um, Absolutely. So, um yeah there's a there's a few things on there in fact there's about 350 things on there right now so uh it's hard to remember more yeah so where do you find the courage to do this stuff you know you hear a lot of people that just say oh i could never even do that i can never even consider doing that right they're they're comfortable in that nine to five that that you know they don't want to step out and do their own thing take the chance where did that come from for you well every behavior change um, and I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be a general when I say this. Every behaviour change comes from pain. You know, we need pain to move. Mm -hmm. Very, and it's called away from motivation yes. versus toward motivation. Very few of us are, uh, are just motivated based on a vision in the future, but we need a pain to get us off that. You know, get us get us out of that initial inertia, and then and then quickly transfer that into a vision for the future absolutely that's how we that's how normally how people are motivated people used to come in people used to come into our personal training studios with tens of thousands of clients it's because their partner said they were fat or they couldn't get up you know i'm going to be really blunt here but it's because a doctor in a white coat has said hey you're going to die yeah i i, I would get some heart health going or they're lonely um haven't been laid for a while that's these are these are motivating yeah. factors, dude. You know, um, like the I've movie, you have to, cancer, right? Yeah, that's oh, the motivator to get cancer. up and do stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I've gone to the top of the stairs. I'm out of breath. <gasps> oh, that's not good. Pain. Um, I've put on my summer clothes and and uh, I'm struggling with this belt. Pain. So there, people are have different levels of pain motivating uh, factors in their life. But the PT in me, um, just like bucket list, the, the PT in me says, that's all well and good. I understand that. We're through that now. Let's focus on your first 5K run. Imagine what that's going to be like when you first, but I'm not a runner. I know that you change your whole identity. Let's just start training for it. So it's about flipping it from the negative to the positive. Same goes. You know, people will, people often, um, you can't coach someone that's not coachable. So me, you know, this stuff that we're talking about right now is irrelevant to someone who's not in a place who needs to hear it. It's as simple as that. But I can guarantee that every audience, every people, you know, your audience as well, Harlan, there'll be a, a slice of that audience right now that hear this and go, 
that's exactly what I need to do to, to help me recalibrate, to, to you know, um, to get me out of this funk, off the treadmill of life, out of Groundhog Day, stop sleepwalking. My, my cousin, my, my mum, my brother, myself has just had a cancer scare. How much more of a pain motivated do you need in your life? How many more pain indicators in your life do you need before you get off your ass and go and live your life properly? And this ain't, this ain't about just ticking a whole bunch of cool stuff off. It's really about the real essence of it is about how a person, how we revert, you know, reverse engineer every aspect of our lives in order to make this stuff come to fruition. It's the growth of us on this journey towards these self-imposed destinations. Get excited about, about that. But most importantly, Harlan, it's about the person that exists on the other side, and that's the person we don't know yet. That's what I want your listeners and watchers of this right now to get curiously excited about because you have no idea People have no idea of what they're truly made of. And I think that discovering that is the human experience. Awesome. Yeah, I hope people are listening because like you said, so many people die at 40 and are buried at 80. Why do we do that to ourselves? I know people that have said, I'm saving up. I'm saving up. When I retire, I'm going to do this and this and this and this. They retire and they're dead in in two months. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think right now it's a great opportunity and I think a lot of people have done this, have taken a big deep breath in and recalibrated on what this definition of work-life mm-hmm. balance actually looks like. I don't call it work-life balance. I call it work-life blend. There you go. Right? And we're redefining that for ourselves right now. What does my new normal actually look like? Yeah. I'm, going to, I'm working in this hybrid world now. I'm working more remote work teams I don't have any as many employees anymore. People are doing bits and pieces for me. I've got two incomes. I've got three incomes. I'm not so so dependent on one. I've got a side hustle. I've got the, and so this definition, I think, I think is a right now is a great opportunity to redefine that for yourself. And and we're all failing forward faster into technology. So just embrace technology and go. Well, everyone else is stuffing it all up, but we're all getting there. Like, give yourself a break recalibrate set that new path and i think it now is a is a, a, a moment in history we're all we're all you know giving each other um a break on on, on that yeah so well, we've all been exciting yeah we've all been given that scare you know here's a pandemic yeah. that could come through and wipe out and people are starting to think what not what should i do but what do i want to do exactly and i hope that sticks but, you know yeah yeah and i think it's exciting for people to redefine that you know, people have started more businesses in the last 12 months than ever time, any time sure. in history. Sure. Um, people are, cha- you know, the shit, shit thing about that, people are changing jobs now more than ever too. You know, recruitment companies, just like Zoom, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Zoom's going off the charts sure, um, in terms of an investment. But uh, I tell you what, recruitment companies, they're, they're overworked right now. Yeah. You know. Wow. Good so- times. Yeah. Um, how many employees do you have in your company? Do you have employees right now or is it all you? Yeah. Oh, no, I don't have any direct employees. No, they're all contracted. But I've had that. I've had, I've, I've had that. I've been like that for uh, about five, six years now before it was COVID. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, if I was to run into any one of these people that contractors you work with and stuff like that and ask them about you, what type of leader you are, what do you think they'd say? 
Asshole. No, um, they, they'd say... it's <laughs> <laughs> no, full of shit. Um, no, I'd like to think that um, leadership's an interesting skill that you have to develop. You know, uh, if, if you've got a vision, you've got to develop leadership. No one's given it. Sure, there's leadership handbooks, but yeah. you, you can't... You don't do a course in leadership until you actually have to... Um, go through the trials and errors, yeah. you know, and and fail forward faster. I believe, and and you got to you got to risk reward. And so um, I'm le- I'm learning leadership every single day. I mean, True. I mean, what I knew a month ago compared to what I know now, I laugh at myself a month ago. <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe you did that. You know, leaders have to make decisions. They've got to be agile, yeah. and and um, you know, think of an ocean liner versus a tinny. Uh, you know, yeah. you've uh, you've got to act like a tinny, but but for longevity, you've got to be an ocean liner. Yeah. And so you've got to make decisions quick. You've got to hire and fire relatively quick these days as well. We've got the opportunity to, you know, bring people on and then and then and then just bring them on for a certain period of time. Trying to lead that and trying to maintain a sense of culture yeah. is extremely hard in this remote work team environment that I find myself in anyway. Compared to having all my employees under one roof, sure. you know, one of my favourite TV shows is The Office, right. and you know, having everyone under one roof, I don't. That's everyone runs an online business now with an offline yeah. offline bonus component. Yeah, yeah. You know? How do you how do you keep the culture together? It, it's, it's easy it's if you're hard. all in the same building yeah, that, and working that side hard. by side. That's that's yeah. going to be the that's going to be the challenges of leadership in the next. Um, in the next few years, trying to maintain a sense of culture with an online, you know, uh, with an online brand. Yeah. And Richard Branson said it years ago before he went to space. He said, "In the future, um, <laughs> in the future, there will be no office buildings, and everyone's going to be contracting to brands." Yeah. But that means we're uh, we're like ships in the night, though, when it comes to running businesses. And so, maintaining yeah. that sense of culture, you've got to be doing something special. There's got to be some sort of touch point you know, involvement there because yeah. that's why people hang around. Absolutely. Yeah. And a friend of mine who's a, a, a mental health professional, he said that due to COVID uh, being quarantined from everybody, you're not at work, seeing the people you normally see, the friendships and everything like that. Uh, their oh. business has like quadrupled. People are just feeling that, like you said, the depression, the sol- uh, solace, Look, I guess. We're, or the, we're human uh, beings. We're mammals. We've got yeah, to be around yeah. people. You know, that's our, that's in our DNA. Um, I think, you know, I love the title of your podcast, The Courage to Lead. And I think in this day and age, you know, the, the cream will rise to the top. You know, I think like any moment in time. But now the, the, the world is calling for leaders uh, with courage and with vision. Yeah. And, and, and as crazy as we might think Elon is, you know, I, I love the guy. My kids love the guy. And, and I, I don't know what he's thinking half the time, but he's, gee, God, he's, he's got some balls on him. He's got some, he's got some courage. I don't know what sort of a leader he is, but he gets yeah. some stuff done. And he gets that vision out there to where people oh, say, yeah, yeah, I want to be part of that. Dude, yeah. I mean, hundred percent. And, and maybe that's, that's the new shine of leadership. You've just got to be that courageous and that, and, yeah. you know, that outgoing, um, and, and not really care about what other people think. I mean, at right. the end of the day, um, I think the world is calling for it. And I think people listening, watching this podcast, um, you know, 
now's a great time to maybe recalibrate on that vision of yours and, and just go for it. Life is way too short not to and have the courage to really follow through. And people love, not everyone's a leader, yeah. you know, so people love being around people that are going somewhere and leading, you know, leading the charge in a, in a, in a pursuit of good. Absolutely. hundred percent. Good stuff. Um, so any, any, um, words of, I don't know, encouragement, if you were to meet up with a, a group of entrepreneurs and stuff like that, what would you, what would you say to them? Well, I think I, I look, I, I do a lot of talks around the world, um, virtually and, and face to face back in the day, um, <laughs> that, Life really is too short to sit around and, and you know, and, and decide for too long. Be a progressionist, not a perfectionist. Yeah. Um, get off the fence, make a decision, <clears throat> fail forward faster, have that courage to lead um, from the heart mm-hmm. and, and because time's running out, hurry up, straight yeah. up. You know, the reason why I love what I do is, is I'm reminded from people all the time about how how short life really is so act as if exactly yeah uh i heard that poem years ago about the dash right on yeah, your headstone yeah. there's a you know the date of your birth and the date of your death but what it's matters is that dash in between absolutely and yeah, yeah so my wife and i we stopped giving each other gifts things for for gifts right started giving experiences. I gave her a Corvette racing school one year. She gave me flight lessons. So I'm a pilot now. Oh, That's wow. the type of stuff that really st- stays with you. It changes you. It, it, you know, it broadens your horizon. I mean, it's, Especially it's if you're a crappy pilot. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only once, only once. Um, Trauma. Yeah. Now I love cool. it. You'll love it. So, um, this has been awesome. Where can people where can people find you online? What's your website? Yeah, it's the bucketlistguy.com. Bucketlistguy.com. And uh, you know, you don't have to go too far. Hopefully I've done the marketing well where you just put in the bucket list guy and I should turn up somewhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and is your book available off the website there? Yeah, man. Like if they go to the bucketlistguy.com forward slash book, I'll uh, put this Sharpie to work. Sign it, send it over. It takes about a week to get to America or then get it off Amazon, but you won't have my magic Sharpie touch in that one. Very cool. And if people want to become a bucket list coach. Yeah, man, like go to bucketlistcoach.com and, and have a look at one of our info webinars and check it out from there. Excellent. Very cool. Travis, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for all this. Thanks for that TEDx talk. I've, I've shared that with my friends and family and just love it. I love it. It's awesome. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, uh, Harlan, you're the best man. Thanks a lot for having me on the show. Absolutely. Next time we do it, we'll do it a little later in the morning. Give you a chance to do your bike ride and your swimming and your surfing and get all that in. Oh my god! I, no, it's just coffee, pretty much. That's the only withdrawal I've got right now. <laughs> so I'm off to have a coffee. <laughs> yep. All right, folks. Hope you guys uh, enjoyed this episode. Hope you're taking notes because there's a lot of good information here. If you were not taking notes, shame on you. Uh, listen to the podcast episode a second time this time be prepared and uh, share it with your family friends and colleagues and stick around because there's always more coming that's it for me coach harlan saying so long for now